Good evening and welcome back to episode 2 of TMI. I am your co-host JBW. And I am your co-host Anthony. And today we have a few stories ranging from a pretty wide topic, wide range of topics. But uh, Anthony, how about you get us started with what are we talking about first? So we're going to get started with the developments on Joe Biden's massive compromise of an infrastructure bill. Um, he's already compromising on his compromise, which is, I'd like to remind you, the compromise position. Mm. Um, so, for example, uh, before our last president, four years ago, the U.S. corporate tax rate was 35%. Joe Biden, uh, or, just excuse me, uh, after the, t- two years ago in 2017, uh, the, not two years ago anymore, the 2017 Republican tax cuts, mm. they slashed the corporate tax rate from 35% to 21%. Mm. Now Joe Biden wants to raise it to 28%, the middle ground, not even to where it was before Trump. This is already a historic low for for what our corporate tax rate is. This is horrendously low. During World War II, corporate taxes made up about 35% of total government tax revenue. Mm. Now it's about 7%. Mm. And Republicans and Joe Manchin still think that's too much money. Joe Manchin came forward. He said 28% is too high. He wants it at 25%. We're splitting hairs over millions, possibly billions of dollars that could help people. And for what? Do the corporations need more money? I mean, when you start looking at, you know, the the total wealth of these corporations, it's not like it's plateauing and it's not like it's going down. If you're not looking at COVID specifically, most major corporations are only growing their wealth. So it's really surprising that they're trying to continue this. Well, no, should I say surprising? Let's let's be honest. They they want to hold on to their money. Who doesn't? But it's it's not really helping out your your average person anymore. And this, like Anthony said, is an all time low. At one point, didn't wasn't the corporate talk tax rate well over like eighty uh, percent? I know that the high income. Like the highest income, uh, like tax bracket mm. was once like ninety percent. Mm. I don't know what the highest corporate tax rate ever was though. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, I do know though that with this whole infrastructure bill deal, uh, Joe Biden is kind of like he's trying to pay for the bill in the provisions of the bill, mm. and this is also supposed to be like step one of two infrastructure bills. Um. But this is kind of forcing him to tie his tax regulation or his his tax plan kind of directly into this. Uh, they're kind of coming in together. Uh, but anyway, in terms of infrastructure, like the country is unified behind this bill. The mm. country wanted Joe Biden to come out with a stronger bill, spend mm. more money. Mm. This is going to be a, a two trillion dollar spending bill. Uh, he campaigned on spending more money, like way more money. A couple months ago, not even a couple months, a month ago, Joe Manchin was talking about how he wanted a $4 trillion infrastructure package. The most conservative Democrat in the Senate was like, I want $4 trillion. And then Joe Biden comes out with half that. Um, Which is still better, though, than Republicans who are busy arguing about what the word infrastructure means. And I feel like that is why he had to do it. I mean, let's be honest. He had to do it. He he had to do it because (laughs) Republicans won't, won't push a number at all. Yeah. So, like, if Joe Biden asked for what he wanted, or heaven forbid, above what he wanted, they would have absolutely laughed at him. Well, they're gonna laugh at him no matter what. Here's the thing: if you want five trillion dollars, you gotta come in at ten. 
so that when they laugh and negotiate you down and they meet you in the middle, you're getting what you actually wanted. You're not wrong, but you also have to start somewhere. And if you come in asking for 10 and they absolutely laugh and say they're not going to deal at all, well, now you're back to the drawing board and you got to wait another how many months just to meet them there. But we don't. We don't. Because of budget reconciliation, we can pass this bill with no Republicans. None. Zero. Zip not a zilch. We can reconcile that shit stuff. We, we should have. We should have. And it would have gone through, and we probably would have actually got some, you know, something from it. It's not too late. I think we do still have one bite at the apple this year in terms of uh, passing bills through budget reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So uh, the main issue with using budget reconciliation is if you're not going to modify or remove the filibuster, it's the only way you can pass bills mm-hmm. with a divided Senate. And... On top of that, you've got a limited number of times that you can do this. So Joe Biden and the Democrats have to kind of make these huge snowball bills that encompass everything they want to do. Mm. So it takes longer. It's just really like if already our bureaucracy was aging and slow, this is like the most slow, oldest part of the bureaucracy that we're putting well, this is the, the vehicle, the car that we've picked. We're all getting in the Ford Model T, huh. and we're driving into the future. This is the man we've elected. I mean, I understand, but when it comes to something as delicate as the infrastructure of the country, I mean, let's be honest, our, what, D-plus infrastructure needs uh, They the recently attention. raised it to a C rating, oh, I believe. Oh, a C. Okay, I'll yeah. take a C. <laughs> but we we definitely need some progress here, and don't you think that having even this limited progress would be better than nothing at all yeah uh, we should talk a little bit about what the progress actually is i realized we did not go very hard into what the actual stipulations are Um, okay so uh joe biden wants to spend this money to revitalize our roads our Mm. bridges our railroads Mm. he wants to do uh water infrastructure but but this is where republicans start to lose their mind and not not republicans like you or me or your dad or your uncle 57% 57% of Republicans, American Republicans, support this bill. Uh, it's unified opposition in terms of Republican elected officials. Mm. So clearly, more and more over time, it, I think I, I'm amazed that people still vote Republican every time. Uh, a poll came out that most Republican voters think that their Republican representative voted for Joe Biden's stimulus bill. So, so the majority of people just don't like know how badly they're being screwed by their elected officials. Uh, But anyway, uh, aside from the basic idea of what you think of in terms of conventional infrastructure, Joe Biden also wants to spend money uh, increasing Medicaid, I believe. He wants to give money to, uh, to caregiving so that our aging population can get care at home. He wants to spend money on things that So Republicans have said that they consider infrastructure anything that's being used for commerce. So anything that we're sending goods on, that's infrastructure. Whereas Joe Biden and the Democrats have taken this philosophy of like infrastructure is what the people use. Mm. Infrastructure is how people get where they're going. And that includes healthcare. That includes mental health. That includes not getting lead poisoning when you drink your tap water. Mm. Um, so I think it's really just ridiculous that this is what Republicans are talking about. I just – we this is a time where we need to get things done. This is a time where we need to work together and find a common ground and negotiate in good faith. And if they're not going to do it, they need to get out. 
I mean, but isn't that exactly what Biden is trying to do? Isn't he trying to negotiate in good faith by coming in so much lower than even he knows he No, needs? because now he's coming in in bad faith. Uh, he's got the American people on his side. Mm. He's coming in with the bully pulpit. He could campaign. He could primary every single freaking uh, representative he wants. He could, he could go... Uh, uh, he could primary Lindsey Graham. He hmm. could go primary Ted Cruz. He could he could go down to those red states where he has 57% support for his bills. Something like 67% of Republicans supported the uh, COVID bill. Hmm. Like, he's got America's support, and Republican officials just are not getting the memo. They're stuck in 2012. They're stuck in Obama years of, of obfuscate, of, of uh, uh, you know, just—, just to stop anything from moving through. They're trying to obstruct. That's the word. Obstruct. Obstruct. And it's not working. Americans are not buying it this time around. And uh, that's my spiel on the infrastructure bill. Seems like a pretty good spiel. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do we have next on the agenda? Well, up next, we got Joe Biden taxes. Oh, he's taxing us? Is he raising the taxes, Anthony? Not on you or me. Really? Um, yeah. If That's you good. are getting your taxes raised by Joe Biden, I would say you deserve to pay higher taxes, you uh, bourgeoisie scum. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So while we do not have the actual real nitty-gritty of Joe Biden's tax plan at the time that we are recording this, we do have a very good idea of what's going to be in this plan. So Joe Biden um, has guaranteed time and time again he is not going to raise taxes on anybody making more than $400,000 a year. Of course. Um, now, just so that everybody kind of knows, um, to if you make $400,000 a year— you're in the 98th percentile of Americans. Mm. You put 100 people in a room, you're making more than 98 of them. So Joe Biden has already guaranteed that he's not going to raise taxes on on 98% of Americans, which I think is, again, this it sets this pattern of the compromise of the compromise of the compromise. Mm. Um, we just... Our, the only way to become ultra wealthy in our society not that four hundred thousand dollars is ultra wealthy yeah but once you get out of that 98th percentile once you hit the 99th percentile the 10th of a percentile the top 400 richest people in america the only way you get that much money is by systematically underpaying or stealing value from everybody who works under you mm. and by systematically overcharging ever all of your customers or maybe you've outsourced all of your labor to, to countries where you can pay people two thirty two an hour or, or, or a day even. Mm. Or, or maybe, um, and I'm not going to name any names here, but maybe you own the largest e-commerce platform in the history of the world. Mm. Maybe you are the, 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 the owner, the, the, the man behind the machine mm. of the largest e-commerce trade platform we have ever known, known to exist. And maybe, just maybe... You are manufacturing your own goods to sell on this e-commerce website. Mm -hmm. And you could choose to prioritize your goods above other people's goods who are trying to sell their goods. <coughs> Amazon's choice. <coughs> Amazon Prime. What? So my question is, is that, like, wrong? Is that unconstitutional? Uh, no. I mean, but it certainly is immoral. And we. I, I think it quite possibly could be unconstitutional mm. 
because it says in the Declaration of Independence, it might even be in the preamble for the Constitution, it says we are guaranteed to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And unfortunately, the the exploits, the capitalistic running amok of the top 400 people in this country mm-hmm. are very, very, very clearly in tangible ways infringing on all of our rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Okay, so I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you because I, I think you're onto something real. But let's dive into that for me a little bit. How are how is this top 400 making our lives? harder for us to achieve this liberty so hear me out hear me out brother mm. the the rand corporation the research and development corporation okay they're they've uh, they're a corporation that's been advising government policy for the last 40 some years mm. they're a big big science guy big on the numbers big on the facts mm. big on the data facts boys facts evidence data exactly they recently released a report that says that if you applied the income distribution of 1974 mm. to today's economy, you have enough money to give every American in the bottom 95%, every American in the bottom 95%, $1,100 a month. We should we should cut this. We talked about this last week. We, we did it like this, the yeah. Rand Corporation. Yeah. But like you talking can, about the tax. Yeah, cut. you can, you can, we can, there's only so many things to, to reiterate. There's... Mm. Now we're gonna have to cut this exactly. whole thing because you said that exactly. Like I, this we I don't we can't talk about exactly what we talked about last time. Like we can't bring in the same percentile. You can. I mean, I mean that's eleven hundred dollars a month per month retroactive to mm-hmm. nineteen seventy four is mm-hmm. a pretty big deal. Yeah, and agreed. the fact that not everybody is talking about that that's a universal basic income. Fair. That's Medicare Fair. for all. That's education for all. That's cash in your hands. Mm. That you are spending on your bills, mm. on food, on your car. You're spending on a family vacation. That's money you spent getting the house you wanted. That's money you spent maybe going to South America like you've always planned. Maybe you finally get to see Paris. How many people's lives are improved by that $1,100 a month? But just because... Just to be clear, we're not cutting any of this. Yeah, no, not anymore. But just because the companies have... You know, quote unquote stolen by raising prices while not raising the the minimum wage. That doesn't mean they're actively making their people's lives harder. It they're just it do no. They're just not making their lives easier as these companies and the people who are at the top of these companies' lives become easier. The world is in in the when it comes to these companies, they are growing. They are becoming bigger and more powerful. And I feel like what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, is as the companies grow, everyone who works at the company should grow with them, including whoever's at the bottom of the pyramid. I just really don't think that this model of endless growth is sustainable in the first place. Like 50, 60 years ago, mm-hmm. 70 years ago, the average CEO made about 10, 15, 20 times what the average employee makes. Yeah. Today, it's like a thousand times what the average employee makes. Mm-hmm. That's not sustainable. That's not good. Our economy is crumbling. So how do we actively adjust that? Like just... Income redistribution. You take some money from the top and you sprinkle it on the bottom and everything turns out all right. Income inequality in this country is worse than it was the day before. Or the Income inequality in this country mm-hmm. is worse than it was in France the day before the French Revolution. Like, the fact that we have not already beheaded most of our elected officials says something about how much pain Americans are willing to put up with. We're stubborn. I'll give us that. I mean, home of the brave. 
We've been taking it on the... Ch we're getting way off topic from the taxes. But uh, basically, Joe Biden's tax plan is going to raise tax revenue by approximately $3.3 trillion mm. over the next decade. How much of that money will actually go to benefit us versus will be spent on bombs that we blow up? And I think right now we're bombing seven different countries. Um, so, you know, we'll see how much of that benefit actually goes to the people. But yeah. overall... Joe Biden is going to raise taxes. He's not going to raise taxes on you if you're listening to this, most likely. Most likely. And he wants to spend the money on infrastructure. He wants to spend the money on health care, kind of through subsidizing. He He's doing COBRA, which is not very good. Hmm. Uh, so COBRA is the government's plan where basically they just pay the private health insurance companies. Hmm. So we use our tax money to subsidize health insurance companies, and they can charge the government whatever they want. Sounds kind of broken. Yeah, it sounds kind of broken. Yeah, that's what COBRA is instead of like a public option or like a Medicare for all, which would be cheaper, have better health care outcomes, would make me not want to cry. I think not wanting to make Anthony cry would be a good, uh, good end goal. Thanks, Joe. Please. Mm -hmm. Well, all right. Next up today... Um, so recently, Biden has said he's going to try to end this war in Afghanistan. He's gonna, what? He's going to try to pull out all the troops by uh, September 11th, 2021. Say that again. Okay. So Joe Biden is trying to end the longest war in U.S. history. He's trying to pull out all the troops from Afghanistan, which, to just to reiterate, have been there longer than you and me have been alive. Wow. There's been one guy there for 20 years? I mean, there's been a lot of guys there. For oh, years. I thought there was just one. No, no, no. It's, it's been a few. Oh, okay. It's been like three. Like three? Yeah. There's but three guys in Afghanistan. They rotate out. Joe Biden is going to bring them home. He's bringing home all three, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh... So, Tony, how, how do you feel about this? This this war that's been going on for as long as we've been here. We kind of always heard it looming in the back, you know, in elementary school. would be like, oh, we're, we're in Afghanistan. And we're just like, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that it cannot come soon enough. Mm. Obviously, war is bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who knows how many civilians we've killed mm. in Afghanistan and, and for what? What were we there for? What are we there for? I couldn't tell you. Like, is if I mean, I can't think of anything other than the trillions of dollars in mineral wealth mm. that exists in Afghanistan. It's almost like we, as America, need that mineral wealth. Yeah, I just, like, they say we had to go in because we had to find bin Laden. Mm. We found bin Laden. Mm. He was in, like, Saudi Arabia or something. Yeah. Uh, they say we had to go in because Al-Qaeda was there. Mm. Our intelligence agency says there's less than like 100 active Al-Qaeda members. Mm. They say we have to go in because we have to protect the women's rights. The Taliban has come forward and said they're willing to maintain women's rights they and are? to be like kind of a government. Mm. They say we're there because we have to defend America. We have to protect the ideals of democracy, all this, all that. I say that we don't really have that at home. Doesn't seem so like we do. Maybe we should sort it out here before we go blowing another trillion dollars in a country that doesn't want us there. It's almost like we should handle our own business first before trying to handle everyone else's. And I do want to point out that Donald Trump, I know I'm not exactly supposed to say his name, he, mm -hmm. he or shall not be spoken. 
uh, Donald Trump was going to pull us out of Afghanistan by May. I think May 1st. Really? Or some date in May. Now, it wasn't going to be a full pullout. He wanted to leave a few hundred troops in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. But, like, Joe, what are you doing? You're looking worse than Trump. I mean, and I want to, I wanna like, go back to that date. I wonder why he really wants to have them all out on September 11th. Like, it's it seems like if we... We already don't know why we're still there. And if Donald Trump was trying to pull us out before, why did Joe come in and extend that? And it all just seems kind of racist. Mm. Like, we're at war. We're in three different wars in the Middle East. Mm. We're in um, Afghanistan. Mm. We're in Iraq. Mm -hmm. And uh, not three. We're in in two. We're in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, And, like... To just associate the Afghanistan war with 9-11, like to just associate this nation state with a terrorist act when they had not, the Taliban had nothing Nothing to to do do with with 9-11. And we've known that for so long and yet we've still been there. And like, I know it's like, maybe racist isn't the right term, but like just, they're very clearly just fear mongering Mm -hmm. and associating the most horrific terrorist attack in most modern Americans' memory Mm -hmm with this country that has nothing to do with that yeah. and who we've been essentially 9-11ing every freaking day for the last 20 years. Exactly. I think it's crazy. Uh, while doing some research, I uh, did some reading about the Taliban and as of now, and this was news to me again, I've, this has been the the story of my life you know, since I've been here. You know, the Taliban was uh, one of the boogeymen, you know, <laughs> I should say. Yeah, But, okay. you know, the Taliban is, they at this point, see themselves rather as a government in waiting rather than a militia group. They have an actual uh, political system and uh, structures. They have started putting uh, schools back in order, uh, prior, focusing on women as, women's education. Um, now, granted, after uh, I think it was 16, uh, girls aren't as welcome to come anymore, and that is something they're still working on. But when you look at how it was you know 20 years ago they are taking steps in the right direction and as much as i would love to say it's because the gold us of a was in their backyard <laughs> I pushing them to be better i seriously yeah. doubt it like you, i don't i'm happy it's it's going to come to an end yeah we america has been playing the role of world cop for too long too long and we're clearly not even very good at it mm. we're just now the ones doing the killing and we're the ones benefiting from it dwight eisenhower said beware the military industrial complex dude's a republican mad respect <laughs> mad respect for dwight there you go <laughs> uh what do we got coming up next uh I think this next one is actually yours. Oh, oh, that's true. That's true. So um, up next, we have a story about uh, Dante Wright. Mm. I'm sure you all have heard about this. He is uh, the young man who was killed by a Minneapolis police officer um, who claims that she thought she was reaching for her taser. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just want to say, like, Cops will see somebody holding their phone and think it's a gun. Mm-hmm. They'll see somebody holding a pack of Skittles. I mean, it wasn't a cop that killed Trayvon Martin, mm-hmm. but they'll see somebody holding a pack of Skittles and they'll think it's a gun. Mm-hmm. They'll see somebody walking with their hands in their pockets 
and they'll think it's a gun. Mm-hmm. This lady looks at her gun, and she says, that's a taser. Mm-hmm. Her, her bright yellow taser that weighs significantly less than her gun. She got the two confused. And I think the, the crazy part, the thing that hurts me the most is he was pulled over for having an incident hanging from his rearview mirror. And and uh, I think they also found that he had like he owed money on a on a traffic fine, mm. and that's why she had continued to keep him pulled over. Mm-hmm. So during a pandemic, he owed he got fined something like I think it was three hundred ninety four dollars, mm. and he was trying to set up deferred payments. Yeah. So he was working with the government already to get this fixed. But during a pandemic, the government was trying to squeeze three ninety four out of this guy mm-hmm. uh, at a time when the richest billionaires in this country have gained over a trillion dollars in wealth. Yep, we're trying to squeeze three hundred ninety four dollars out of Dante, and now he's dead. Yep, because uh, a woman who was on the force for over twenty five years and uh, chief of her union pulled the wrong trigger. I like because. He owed somebody because he owed the government money. The government decided it was okay to pull him over and ask him for more money. Mm. And because Dante didn't have enough money for the legal system to look the other way, now he's dead. Yep. Um, and there's obviously factors other than money. Mm. Like, clearly, we have to talk about the fact that he was African American. Mm. And in this country, there is a clear systemic problem. Uh, I just don't understand why we have to keep talking about these stories with new names every time. How long will it be before the federal government does something? You know, and on that lines, I I mean, it's been happening for hundreds of years. Uh, African Americans have been killed at the hands of not even police, but just your everyday people for hundreds of years, you know. And I think this, this is just the, the modern instance. Now... The the woman who uh, uh, killed Dante, she did in fact resign the next day. And we have a video of what happened uh, that night because of uh, multiple body cams of officers who were at the scene. Now, I, as an African-American, I do want to say that there is growth happening here. The fact that she resigned the day after is so much more than would have happened 50 years ago. The fact that the body cam footage came out so quickly the as fact well. That, you know, the body cam footage happened because this exact situation has been happening for hundreds of years. But until then, it was always he was resisting arrest. He was armed. Exactly. There were drugs in the car that you never saw because they didn't have body cams and you weren't there. So when you heard about it, all you heard was, oh, I, uh, a black man was killed again. They found drugs in the car. How many times, like, in... in because of our modern technology how much can you go find of like shady evidence of cops planting drugs of cops doing other things to purposely incriminate people it's not that this is new it's just that we can actually see it before i 100 percent agree with that um and i would just like almost every single police force in the country can trace its history its roots back to i think like three slave catching Mm -hmm. companies so uh the uh the original inspiration for a police badge was a badge worn by slave catchers yeah so you know before the idea of a localized police force uh we had like local constables or Mm -hmm. a sheriff 
like as somebody from your community who was elected by your community to protect your community. Yeah. But now, especially in cities, which overwhelmingly tend to be African-American or Latino or minority, you have white people hired from the suburbs mm. and to come police the city. Mm -hmm. And so people who have no connection to the community there and who aren't going to be affected in any way if they just start punching people are allowed to go patrol the city because all the people in power care about is protecting the property rights of the wealthy. Mm. They just are there to make sure the targets don't get looted. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the concept you mentioned about having, you know, outside polices, uh, pretty much policing places away from their own homes is a very valid argument. You know, if this was someone who had grown up in this city, if they had, you know, interacted with the people in these cities, they knew these people, yeah. I seriously doubt you'd be seeing these situations where they're getting gunned down randomly. I doubt he'd have even been pulled over for just having some incense in his mirror. Like, it's a bad situation that's continued to happen for hundreds of years. But I guess the one saving grace, the only thing about this particular story that makes it even tolerable for me to read, because I will usually not read the the daily story of a new african-american man being killed I, I usually tend to avoid those for my own uh mental you know health yeah. but uh the one that made this one even a little bit different is how fast she had to resign now granted again she resigned that means she, this woman is still keeping her pension so the government is still going to pay for her to live semi-comfortably for the rest of her life also like, in what other job can you kill someone and then just lose your job? Exactly. Like, you don't... You, this level of mistake in, in, across any other profession would make sure you never you work again. You go to jail. Exactly. You go to jail. Like, you're you're doing way more. But If when you're it comes a construction police, worker and you drop a piano on somebody, that's manslaughter. Mm -hmm. If you're a surgeon and you slight, uh, you know, accidentally cut somebody's carotid artery, mm -hmm. that's criminal malpractice. Mm -hmm. You go to jail for that. If you're a cop and you accidentally grab your gun while you were reaching for your taser, you have to resign and you get to spend the rest of your life living in your house paid by the government. And that's only only the ones that have to resign. Only Let's the stop. ones that get caught on e video. Exactly. All the other ones just go on about living their day. You know, the next day they're out harassing someone else. Now, and I, I want to preface this right now. There is a common statement going around, all cops are bastards. I personally don't like to, uh, to associate myself with this idea. Because the idea of the police force is putting yourself on the line to protect your community. That concept is sacred, and there are hundreds, if not thousands, of men and women who have lost their lives in the line of duty doing what they believe in right. But those people do not get brought up in the media on the regular. The people who are in the media daily are the people who are shooting unarmed young men of color and then resigning after. It's the I people. don't know. Oh. Like, I, I hear you, and mm. I, I want... I want to resonate with you. Mm. I want to hear what you're saying and think, yeah, there are good people and good people are good. But I was there, man. I was in Portland. I was on the streets mm. during the Black Lives Matter protests mm. and I saw those cops, man. Like they looked like they were waiting for somebody to give them an excuse to charge. Mm. 
they were relishing throwing tear gas at mm. us. They enjoyed declaring things an unlawful assembly. You could see it. I watched cops beat people and like look like they were having a good time. I think that our the law enforcement career on its face tends to encourage people or tends to to attract people who might like just be drawn to power mm. or just want to be an authority figure. Mm. And I'm sure there are plenty of people who go into it because they want to protect their community, they want to do the right thing, they want to serve up justice. But those people stay silent and watch while Derek Chauvin kneels on George Floyd for nine minutes. You're not wrong. And there have been different situations. You know, if like if you watch certain uh documentaries about police you will definitely know that there is uh certain circles and if you disagree with what you see in those circles it's not as easy as speaking out you know the you know being uh being in the force is a brotherhood to to, to some of these people and just because you see something that you don't agree with especially if it's only you if you're the one cop that sees something shady happening you don't get to say anything you, you don't get to say something. You got six other cops who just shot an unarmed dude, and then they're looking at you like, you don't you don't get to say anything. He had some coke, I saw it. <laughs> exactly, like, I, what do they get to do? And it's this, it's, from the outside, it seems like a system that only serves to make situations worse. 100%. I, I would love to say that I've, I have and I've heard of a list of situations that have been absolutely wonderfully resolved when the police got there, but I have not. Um, I'm sure a, a lot of you have, maybe some of our listeners have, but me? Tony, have you? I can't really say that I have. Um, and I am white, so, I mean... If they're not serving you, who are they serving? Who are they serving? I mean, I guess I am pretty broke, so mm, that would explain That it. could do it. I drive like a 99, mm, you know, you yep, can tell. You yep. can In the way I walk, you mm -hmm. can see that I eat low-nutrition value mm -hmm. food. Mm -hmm. it's, you, <laughs> you can see you got some stuff going on. You yeah. can tell you're in college and that you, you know, you're just you're you can going tell. through it. Yeah, I've got asthma. You can see in my face. I don't know if they face. can see your asthma. You, they, you can see it in my face that I have subpar medical coverage. Yeah, maybe if you have the inhaler, like, handy, but yeah. other than that, I wouldn't look at you and think sub subpar medical. <laughs> subpar healthcare. Exactly. Um, another story, uh, an army medic, Caron Nazario. I feel like I'm mispronouncing the first name at the very least. I might have just butchered the whole thing. But um, an army medic in his uniform was pepper sprayed and thrown on the ground near his vehicle after being pulled over by police. Um, all of it was caught on camera. Um, so... The police tried to pull over this guy. Mm. Uh, they they flagged him over, and uh, Nazario was allegedly, or not allegedly, he was looking for a well-lit place to pull over. Mm -hmm. And so two minutes after uh, the cop signaled for him to pull over, he had his blinker on the whole time. He pulled over at a gas station mm -hmm. that was well-lit. They were driving on a highway. There was nowhere to pull over. Yeah. And that's totally within his right mm -hmm. to, to want to pull over in a well-lit area. Yeah. Uh, after after that happens, the the police officers are very aggressive with mm -hmm. him. They think he was trying to evade mm -hmm. arrest or something. 
Uh, and the whole thing is caught both on body cam and uh, Nazario has his phone mm-hmm. filming the whole yep. interaction. Uh, but you can hear Nazario say, I'm scared to get out of my car. Mm. And the cop, like, well, I think he's either holding a gun or holding uh, his, a, his pepper spray. It was the, there was a taser on uh, him. The taser. And uh, the second uh, cop who was walking up to him, then he pulled out the, the pepper spray. Yeah, so so Nazario says, I'm scared to get out of my car. And the cop says, you should be. Mm. And then they pepper spray him. They pull him out of his car. They beat him and they leave him lying on the ground for nothing he didn't do anything wrong there was nothing wrong in the video they pulled him over for i don't even know what he wasn't charged with anything they took him to the police station let him go later that night no charges filed he was uh he was resisting arrest yeah he was charged with driving while being black so just disgusting i I really like i don't know police funding needs to be cut and that money needs to be reinvested in community centers, in clinics, in local programs, and trained mental health responders. Only 4% of crimes the police respond to are violent in the first place. Why do cops have a gun the whole time? Like, the only thing arming normal street cops out on the beat does is give them the opportunity to instigate mm. and to, to uh, escalate mm. and to make things worse. Now, one thing you you said in here that that caught my attention is you said that police funding needs to be cut. Now, I agree that funding needs to be cut, but I think as soon as the funding gets cut, the attention that not only we as citizens put on the police, but the oversight from their leadership needs to be amplified tenfold. Because when you have situations like the stories we're talking about today, these are, again, just the situations where we saw it we know because there was mm-hmm. video yeah if there's not a video the only difference between this situation and some black man who was armed who got angry who was resisting arrest is that there's no video of those other times that is the only difference so yes cut funding because the money can be put in better places but we need to watch these people and not watch them because they're innately going to do something bad but because they have all of our best interests in their hands any given point when those cops are holding guns tasers hell just a a traffic ticket those are things that can greatly affect people's lives and you should not get to hold such power over your peers and the people in your community without responsibility it seems like modern day cops are not held responsible for anything well they don't qualified immunity they're not they're not held responsible for anything that they do uh, that could be seen as pertaining to the duties of their job. Mm. They're not held responsible. And that's where I feel like when we go back to the what you said, how people who uh, want power can be drawn to the police force, under that, you know, idea, why why wouldn't you go join the police force? You know that you get to walk around with <laughs> a gun. You're going to get a gun. You get you're gonna protection. Get... You get the body armor. You get to ride around with your boys. And if you see anything you don't like, pull them over. Pull out the gat. Pull out the gat. Light them up. And I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I hate to be the person who has to sit here and say the people that are supposed to keep us safe aren't. But look around. <laughs> they're not. They're, they're definitely not keeping people like me safe. Uh, maybe they're keeping people like you safe. I hope so. They're keeping Jeff Bezos safe. There we know you that go. much. I mean, let's be honest. 
if you had as much money as Jeff Bezos, you'd probably hire your own private security too. There's no way I'm letting your local freaking Bob from freaking PD watch my house at night. No, bro, get out of here. I'm hiring someone who's getting paid way more money than you, who's way better trained than you, and isn't going to cause a problem for me to fix in the middle of the night. Speaking of Jeff Bezos, uh, Dogecoin, by the way, guys, just hit 25 cents per. Mm. And uh, let's just say that I have made a lot of money on Dogecoin. Really? So go in and buy some. Buy some. Get it while it's hot. Um, or don't. I am not in any way manipulating the market. Just, you know, follow it. Maybe invest if you think it's something worth investing in. I found it to be. I can only speak for myself. All right. Well, now i got to keep my eye on not only Tony, but his Dogecoins. That's true. Watch my coins. Mm, and make sure he doesn't manipulate the market. <laughs> You never know. You give this man a little bit of power and a microphone, and he starts trying to make himself into that 1%. Do not make me a cop. <laughs> uh, I think we've got uh, one or two more stories here. Yeah, uh, we, we do got two more. Yeah, JB, you want to take the lead on this next one. Yeah, yeah. so this next one, um, it's, it's definitely a harder one. So a few weeks ago, um, Chicago police killed 13-year-old Adam Toledo. Uh, I hope I'm not butchering his last name, but um, Adam was fleeing on police down an alley. And, uh, and in the body cam footage, again, the body cam footage is the only thing that makes this situation not just one of the ones we've heard in, about in, in the past. Uh, but in the footage, he was uh, the officer uh, who shot Adam was chasing him, uh, and he told Adam, you know, turn around, put your hands up. Adam did, and as he did, the officer shot him. He was 13. Now, this situation is not all cut and dry, cops are bad. From the report, it seems like Adam had recently, incredibly recently, disposed of a gun. In, in the footage, you can see him toss something behind uh, a fence, and later, different footage shows that if you that uh, it was CCV footage goes, and there was a firearm over there. Adam had also been with a 23-year-old who had um, shot a passing by car, and that was initially what brought police to the situation. But all of that is the lead-up. The takeaway is that a 13-year-old boy who was unarmed was shot and killed by Chicago PD. I'm I'm kind of just speechless about this one. Like, first of all, even if he did have a gun mm. and he had just tossed a gun mm. in the gap in the fence, mm. cops are not supposed to shoot the guilty people mm. anyway. Mm. I just... Like this, this is somebody who should not have had a gun. Mm. This is somebody who who should not have been in a, a a position of power. Somebody who clearly can't be trusted to do what is right or to make the correct choices under pressure. This guy saw a thirteen-year-old boy turning around with his hands up and saw an enemy combatant. I, or he was just a racist who didn't see Adam as a human mm. and saw some gangbanger and thought he was doing his community a favor which is worse uh, it's it's a lot worse and it, it makes <coughs> you wonder after uh just having read the dante wright story where was this guy's taser 
<laughs> like you're, oh, you're, God. Yeah. you're chasing someone who, I mean, look, he was a 13 year old Latino. Let's, let's give the cop the absolute benefit of the doubt and say this kid was huge. Let's say he was six one, 180 pounds. Let's say he's, this cop is chasing after someone who he thinks is a problem, who thinks is, you know, shots have recently been, have been fired in the area. This dude is potentially dangerous. Isn't it your job to put yourself in between you and the community? Wouldn't you be the one, as the person in the bulletproof vest, isn't it your job to ask questions first? Or at least shoot him with the taser? Like, yeah. you... Like, the bottom line is now Adam is dead. And the Chicago PD has to answer for it. Mm. But not just this, like... These are not individual stories. These are all single points of evidence represent that represent the systemic problem that exists in our country mm. of a police force that feels it is impunitive, of a government that doesn't care, and of a people that are more than content to just sit down and take it on the chin. People need to stand up to this. They need... The George Floyd protests that we saw last summer and, and uh, last spring were some of the most successful movements we have ever seen. Nothing really got done at the federal level, but at the state and local levels across the country, dozens of huge police forces made substantive changes to the way they were going to administer the law. And we need people to do that again. We need mass demonstrations across the country hold up peaceful pro mass peaceful protests across the country because and this is important especially for african americans but I, i'll say this to to uh anyone who is of any race going to in, in interact with these protests if you give the police any reason to doubt that you were there for anything more than a peaceful protest as a black man you're signing your own death warrant now i can't say this for everyone else but the reason you will see that in the past black people haven't been able to get up and protest like they have been in the george in the george floyd protest is all all a black man has to do is stand his ground to be considered combative if he's standing there with his hands up in his pockets, it doesn't matter. His skin makes him armed. So there is no way for black people by themselves to stand up to the American system. You can try. You will be removed. Like, he, even Malcolm X and Dr. King were on the FBI's most wanted list. Like, black people do not have the ability to stand up in this country by themselves. It was not built to allow them to. Which is why it is so important for us to stand together for not only black rights, but Asian rights, Latin American rights. Because we have to stand together. If one group tries, you will be shut down. And not necessarily by the government or by white people, but the racist ideas that have been instilled in Americans for generations. The idea that if you are white, you are right, and you can do what you want in this country without repercussions. 
I just feel like you're making the case for property violence. While it can be said, yes, the the case for property violence doesn't help sadly. Well, I, I disagree with you. Hmm. I say we look, or not, I think that if you look back at how the social effort to remove the apartheid mm. in South Africa. Mm. Uh, if you look at the you look at the movement for women's suffrage, mm. you look at almost any single historical like overthrow of a dictator, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that has been through a woven blend of a of a nonviolent pacifist center yeah. and a radical violent fringe on either the left or the right mm. that that blows stuff up, mm. that isn't afraid to break windows. You're not wrong. And and the people, the powers that be, say, okay, we're going to do what the nonviolent center wants mm. because otherwise we're all going to end up with these crazy guys that are going to gonna start beating us. Mm. Mm. Um, and also, like, putting that aside, just from the perspective of, like, do I feel like I could judge somebody for being angry enough at the system for wanting to to want to commit property damage? Mm. Can I judge somebody for being that angry? Mm. I don't think I can. I'm angry enough to want to go like smash some windows. I'm not gonna. I mean, I might someday. Who knows? Watch out, FBI. But. I will not. <laughs> just so, just so we're on the same page, FBI. I'm well aware that you you be watching my kind. We're good. <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe I'm privileged, but peep. If we continue to send the message to the people in charge that you can do whatever you want, we'll just yell about it. What? Like. The reason why peaceful protest works is because of what you're not saying. Mm. We're saying we're gathering peacefully today, but tomorrow we might we might not be. It's just a show of numbers. It's how many people you have out marching. Like it's the threat of violence. I, the threat of the nonviolent group turning violent is what I agree with you, but I think that is a very troublesome stance to take in modern day America where your protest of a hundred people has the national guard called and it is very very you you just put everyone there on a very slippery slope now you got a lot of people with really high tensions and a lot of people with itchy trigger fingers and after the conversation we've had today about when cops will let loose and when they don't in your own experience about going to protests and watching people well they let loose on the peaceful protesters Republicans call the center Democrats socialists. Mm. It doesn't matter how far to the left of what is socially acceptable you are. They're going to call you a radical anyway. So we might as well give them radicals. I see what you're saying, but as... From, from my point of view, I could never put myself in that situation. I would love to take a radical stance... But even thinking radically is how African-Americans die in this country. And I think that is where, for me, my my perspective difference from yours is because you're like, I mean, maybe I could consider smashing a window. For me, if I'm walking anywhere near a window and I'm looking at it for too long, everyone is watching me. One person is just waiting to call the cops. The other day, I was driving around the neighborhood looking at flowers. It was a nice day. It was beautiful out 
a woman started following her around uh, the neighborhood. And she called the cops on my saying my mom was following her around the neighborhood. My mom had an angry police officer come pull her over and tell her that they did not take kindly to black people harassing white people in, in this neighborhood. So like when, when I hear you say, yeah, I'm angry enough to break a window. I'm like, yeah, that's some crazy white boy shit. You can't get that far with skin like mine. I, I, I don't know. I think that my goal is to see an effective theory, mm. an effective theory of change. Mm. And I think that the evidence is clear that the most effective way to get change is to have a mainstream nonviolent movement mm. with a fringe violent movement. Mm. That's just the way things get done. That's the way you put the people in power in the position to backpedal. Mm. And I don't know. I've like I've made the calculation that I would rather be hit with a nightstick and killed by a cop mm. than be complicit in a system that is going to cause so much hardship and and like I understand what you're saying where I, I, I don't know if I understand, but I'm trying to understand mm -hmm. what you're saying where you live in a society where you you can't even think about wanting to mess with the power mm -hmm. system. But that is that is like institutionalized complacency. Yeah, it is. But that's also the only way that African-Americans get to see their children grow. And that's, I, I don't know, we're touching on like, we're, we're touching on your, the things you're talking about are the very things that people have pledged themselves to revolution over. Mm. These are the ideas. Mm -hmm. These are the feelings, the oppression, the they sadness. Are. They are. So I guess we're kind of both right. Yeah. Um, honestly, I feel like this is a really powerful place to, to end the episode. Yeah. I, think. I Yeah. Um, do not go committing violence. Don't hurt people, obviously. Violence against people is never the answer. But, I don't know, man. Like, something has to be done to change the world we, we live in. Uh, there is uh, one of my favorite quotes from a, a rapper, T.I., actually. Uh, whether you choose to ignore it or choose to report, it, your children's future is right now. Would you die for it? Uh, and with that, I have been JBW. I've been Anthony Miller. This has been TMI. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for tuning in.